Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Folks. This is a podcast with two film enthusiasts, Mia and Naomi Carrasco, and we're going to analyze your favorite movies. This Halloween, we're going over different non-conventional horror movies. I thought we'd start it off with a classic, so let's talk about The Shining. Yes! Okay, so for those of you that don't know, The Shining was originally a dream that Stephen King then wrote into a book, and it was adapted for the big screen by the one and only Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, the story follows a family that moves into an empty, super ritzy hotel for the winter because the dad, Jack Nicholson, gets a job. Basically, dude goes crazy and attempts to kill his family, but, spoiler alert, the mom and son, Wendy and Danny, survive. What really made this movie so innovative at the time is that there was no mystery surrounding who the evil killer is. Like, movies before that that were in the horror genre typically had, like, some masked killer that you had to figure out who it was, but we're basically told from the very start that Jack is going to kill his family when he's interviewing for his job as the hotel caretaker. His interviewer even says, like, oh, yeah, the last caretaker went crazy and killed his whole family with an axe, ha, 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 and then Jack is like, oh, you better know that I'm not gonna do that, don't worry, ha, ha, ha. I mean, like, this foreshadowing that Kubrick puts in was very blatant and definitely intentional. Like, I could argue that you're supposed to guess he goes crazy. The real mystery is why. Like, was he possessed by the hotel? Is it all in his mind? That's the part that's really unclear and spooky for the audience to try to unravel. What really makes it bad is that Kubrick never confirmed what the movie is supposed to mean. Right? That's Seriously. evil. We'll talk about the end in a bit, though. But back to Kubrick being evil. He so tortured his cast in the making of this film. Yeah, Shelley Duvall, the actress that plays Wendy, had no idea what she was getting herself into. And probably the most iconic part of the film where Jack's all like, here's Johnny and stuff. She had no idea <laughs> he was going to come at her with an axe. I mean... I get wanting to keep reactions raw since film has so many redo opportunities and feel a lot faker than a play, and so Kubrick probably wanted to make everything natural and dynamic or whatever else, but that has to be illegal somehow. Definitely. That's like an assault charge at yeah, the very least. Yeah, and was totally scarred from acting after that, and it definitely ruined her career. Don't get me wrong, she was a successful actress after it all, but... She was definitely discouraged from doing another piece like that. Now she has a bunch of trauma and lives all alone in a small town in Texas. That had to have been horrible to go through. Even though Kubrick did all of that, I still kind of think he's an evil genius. Sorry, but he definitely had a vision when making this movie. I guess I'll give him that. I mean, the color theory alone is enough to keep me focused. You can draw these, like, really subtle parallels between the evil come-play-with-us twins and Jack and Wendy. In the costuming alone, they share colors. Like, obviously the twins have on their little creepy blue dresses, but Danny and Wendy both wear primarily red and blue, especially in the first few scenes. Like, 
when they're on the road to the hotel or when Danny is trekking around, he's always in red and blue. And this is another part of Kubrick's foreshadowing because the first time we see the twins in their blue dresses, almost directly after we get the elevator of blood moment, and then we see them as Danny trikes around the corner of the hotel and the shot splits and they're like dead on the floor, covered in blood. And what colors do you see? Blue and red. Who was killed by their dad? The twins. Who's gonna get killed by their dad? Wendy and Danny. And I've read that Kubrick used a lot of yellow in scenes with Jack because the color itself is associated with such a range of things. Like, bright yellow is supposed to alarm you with the yield signs and stuff, but it's also very dull and normal, which Jack is at the start of a movie. Like, it shows his progression as a character from normal dad to psycho killer. I think Jack going crazy in isolation is super predictive of our situation, too. Like, the amount of times I feel like I'm going insane in quarantine, it's too yeah, many. the whole point is to show that we can only be ourselves when we're alone. Just kind of sad, but kind of true. Like, when Jack is undisturbed by the rest of the world, he develops into his true self, which is abusive and evil. That makes so much sense. Like, too much sense. Maybe I am crazy. (laughs) But, okay, but I don't think that's, like, the entire point of the movie. I think it can be argued that it's about destiny and how we can't escape our fate, mostly because of the closing shot. Basically, after Jack dies in the super cold maze, the camera zooms in in the hotel lobby into a picture that has Jack already in the hotel in the 1920s, and he looks exactly the same, and he's the caretaker in that photo. So a lot of people interpret it as a ghost story. And, like, that makes total sense, because Danny has the whole Tony Finger situation. Like, he has um, a invisible best friend who is named Tony who like is in his finger and will talk to him but actually that's his ability to shine or practice shining as they call it which is basically possession or you could say that Danny's like basically a medium but I think thematically if you look at the film Jack could just find it impossible to escape his destiny as hotel caretaker and ultimately become a killer i think our outcomes are kind of the same if you think about it like we are who we are meant to be but only away from society's expectations wow that's so deep (laughs) i kind of think that's a good way to end this episode i'm gonna get that tattooed on me you're the crazy one Anyways, thank you so much for listening and tune into our next podcast about Ari Aster's Hereditary.